0: recorded one of these since it's
1: what is that like three weeks now uh i got out the you picked me up on the first yeah it
0: was it was right before my birthday
1: so like five weeks four weeks no like you picked me up you picked me up like no you picked me Uh, up like four weeks ago but yeah, I was it's been a hustle. it's been a yeah. It was in the hospital right. for it's been a, minute, a week. It's been a minute. Before, that's true. That's so, true. it's been 5 weeks and then I can not I don't even know when we recorded Alex, like maybe like 2 or 3 weeks before that.
2: Yeah. Wow, I'm honored.
1: Yeah. So, you're our first like traditional normal episode that maybe people will actually listen to. <laughs> I like the last one, at least since I last looked at it. Oh yeah, when I
0: looked at it the other like day seven it was weeks. like it was like 30 some views so was like oh wow yeah it's not even so hot
1: and and just like that you can like look at the average listening time and i really struggle reading that graph but people do not no one wants to hear me like ramble about like philly diy drama from 2015 like an hour and 20 minutes into a podcast because
0: you're you're shooting down capitalism that's why (laughs) It was that Instagram <laughs> caption. Oh my
1: god! Well, I am uh... average <laughs> listening time, fifteen minutes. <laughs> uh, damn! People hated Rebecca. I don't. Think damn. That's
2: true. I also I don't. I'm not hopeful you. that I will bring you guys back to better numbers, but maybe.
1: <laughs> no. No,
0: it'll be think fine. You will. We. I. I don't think we're not doing this for. Well, we want people to listen, but we do it more for yeah. fun. So fuck them if they don't want to hear us talk. <laughs> no, yeah, not, I mean
1: that's
2: all that fucking matters.
1: <laughs> I definitely got bored listening to myself like while I was editing. So like, <laughs> it yeah. Was a, it was a, but I don't think like I we won't have a I don't think we'll have a problem with time.
3: No, I think
1: we'll be good. No. <laughs> Literally, every time we talk on the phone, we talk for like three hours straight. Yeah, so you
3: I have some history.
1: <laughs> yeah, so this this might even be. <laughs> This might be an. This might be another one with an average listening time that's less than fifty percent. <laughs> that's all right.
0: That's all right. Oh
1: my god! Right. you've been recording.
0: Yeah. I, well, you said let's get yeah. the show on the road, so yeah. I hit record.
1: Yeah. Sorry, I'm fucking hot. It's the. I'm not. I'm all not right. even close to the peak yet.
2: No, I'm happy. Like, to all be right,
1: here. you're you're gonna run this one then. Oh <laughs> shit! Oh, oh Shit! <laughs> I'm gonna keep a lot of this even in here, and people are just gonna even go, I'm high. let me check a catering. <laughs> <All> <laughs> well, hello everyone. you probably are, I don't know how long you've already heard even, but hi, welcome back to the High School Union Shit Show podcast. The first one that we have that we're doing, like recording in like five or seven weeks or whatever. Like five since like the weird one that no one listened to, and then more before that. Oh yeah, but I'm Sadie with Mike and our guest Emily.
2: Hello, thanks for having me. That yeah. felt like way too formal. Like we've been talking for twenty seven minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true.
2: Hi. <laughs>
0: Hi. So what are you, what are you up to? What are you doing for work? Where are you living?
2: Yeah, so I am currently living in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, which is about two hours west of Nazareth. It's out near State College. And I've been here since 2016 when I graduated from grad school. And I am a genetic counselor at Geisinger Health System, which is one of the biggest health systems in this part of the state and I work specifically at the Autism and Developmental Medicine Institute. So I work with pediatric patients and their families who have autism, developmental delay, Intellectual disability and work with their families to talk through the process of genetic testing. And then when results come back, I meet with those families to go over those results together. That's the bulk of my job. I also have some like other like research responsibilities and that type of thing. And I told Mike earlier, hot off the press, Sadie, I accepted a new job like three hours ago.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Do we have to like wait to release this? <laughs> no,
2: no. I'm going to tell my boss on Monday. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah
2: but I was recruited by a company out of San Diego. So I'll be working from home still doing like very much okay. the same thing, but making like way more money because it's a Silicon Valley <laughs> company. And yeah, nice. I'm planning to stay in Lewisburg for the time being. Um, I do own a house, which yeah. I don't recommend buying a house. Like don't do it. People told us you should do it. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> and... So I'm going to stay for a little bit, but probably will end up moving at some point to a bigger city or something less rural than where I am right now. Like it's it's very much Nazareth in a different part of the state. So,
1: so that's yeah. what I'm up to. Wait, are you working remote forever? Or are you eventually expected to be in San Diego?
2: So they're a fully remote company. So they have counselors and okay. clinicians like across the country who have like never met each other in person. They have people based in Salt Lake, San Diego, DC, Austin. Uh, So I'll be fully remote with opportunity to travel to the headquarters to like see people. So actually my boss is gonna have a conniption, but uh, my first day is like three weeks from now. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) sorry. And the week after we have a big retreat out in San Diego. So I'll get to meet everybody in person. That's
1: cool. You can yeah. say hi to my cousin who lives there That's and like op- operate to a like preschool, and then also message me on Instagram to tell me that like vaccines, like not COVID vaccines, but vaccines for children, like cause autism. So you could talk to her for a little bit.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I have I've had to have that <laughs> conversation many times. I could definitely I could definitely navigate. Yeah,
1: that. I mean, I was well your your little monologue of what you've been up to I have a lot of, I like a lot of things to say. like yeah that I can't imagine those conversations yeah that you have to have that that is just your job
2: yeah there's a lot of parts of my job that like I knew going in I would have to have those types of conversations but especially surrounding vaccines it's been tough i mean there are <sighs> there are some families who are just so stuck on the fact that that is why their child has autism. And it's just not true. Like that is just not the case. And really what it is, is this the signs of autism show up around the time that people get their 18 month vaccines. And so a lot of families Um, are like, Oh, my kid got these vaccines. They're showing signs of autism. And it's like, well, even if your kid didn't have vaccines, that's a year and a half is typically where we start to diagnose symptoms of autism. So there's just like that misconception and it, it makes sense. I mean, families are looking for answers. They're looking for a reason why their child has a particular diagnosis, but
0: yeah, that, that's it's, one of those things where it's like correlation doesn't mean yeah. causation type thing.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And so I've had several families where we do, Really extensive genetic testing, like the best we can do, and it comes back negative. And when I call them to say, you know, testing came back negative, they say, oh, well, that proves it was the vaccines. And I have to explain, like, you know, our genetic testing is not perfect at this point in time. We don't know every genetic factor that can contribute to development and how our brain develops and all of that. And people can be quite aggressive <laughs> with those conversations. and
1: well, that, It's just like, just like, think of like everything that like, it's like the vaccine isn't like the only thing you're putting like in your, like think of all the chemicals and shit we inhale. Like, you know, like fucking living next to like a cement factory and shit. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's so many facts, like there's so many things that you put in your body. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe eating eggs causes autism. <laughs> like, I don't know. It probably doesn't. But, like, I don't know. Like, no, you're not questioning anything else.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And also, people should just be, like, allowed to have autism. Yeah.
0: Or maybe you're just autistic and your brain isn't wired yeah.
3: the
0: right way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, differently than yeah. other people. Well, Why? yeah, not, yeah, not yeah. the wrong way, but, yeah. Differently Mm -hmm. in the most. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. And I'll be honest, the families that I get that type of pushback from are typically parents who are surprisingly really highly educated and perhaps not as accepting that their child has developmental differences. And so, you know, maybe it's two parents with master's degrees who expected have a child who would go on to an ivy league college and then go on to get their phd and then they have a child who likely won't follow that path those are the families who are really resistant to genetic diagnoses they're clinging to you know it was x y and z during the pregnancy or the vaccines or whatever which was so surprising to me when i started here it's like you would think Those individuals were the ones that could, like, do their own research, which I don't want people to do. (laughs) Like, there are those of us who, like, went to school (laughs) to to do that type of research. But, yeah, it's often those individuals who are, like, less receptive to my child has an intellectual disability or my child has autism. Um, And it's more of a cultural thing at that point, more of a shame or real situation.
0: Yeah yeah i can see that
2: yeah so those conversations are tough and then you know sometimes we do genetic testing and we find out a child is not going to live a long life and we learn that that's a terminal diagnosis and that's probably the worst part of my job is having to return those types of results and say you know based on this diagnosis your child likely won't live to be 20. i mean i say it more gently <laughs> than that but yeah those are really really hard those are the ones that you like lay awake at night thinking about. Um, So I've only, thankfully only had a handful of those in five years, but it can happen. And it's, it's not the best. Um, It's an answer. It gives those families an answer for what's going on, but is also like the worst thing you could ever hear about your child. So
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. So that's not the ideal part of my job. Most of the time though, I'm able to say to a family, like, cut and dry this is why your child has autism this is why your child has developmental delays we can hook you up with other families or research opportunities support groups everything like that and they feel very supported after that diagnosis um, so that's the best part of my job is is those? Yeah, there you
1: t- go that sounds good
2: yeah right yeah let's let's steer us back to the <laughs> more yeah. yeah 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 <clears throat> but
1: yeah like,
3: uh, i don't know
2: yeah it can be rough it can be really really rough yeah. there to use that like i mean Sadie, you and i have talked a lot about our own mental health and lack thereof sometimes <laughs> and uh you know yeah, most times yeah, yep and you know those types of cases can really take a toll on you and i know you know that having worked in yes uh, your profession like the yes. it can be hard to be those cat
1: dogs cat- really <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding <laughs> That the people were hard. Yeah.
2: yeah. So,
1: or, man,
2: I, love, I love what I do. Not the way
1: I put it. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead.
2: No, you're I'm,
0: just, I'm just laughing at, at watching you progressively get more and more stoned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see it as it progresses.
2: I can too, yeah. <laughs> the face is relaxing.
3: You know, My eye.
1: Yeah, my eyes just like look like fucking never mind. <laughs> Yeah, so you, <laughs> mental health.
2: Mm-hmm. Mental health. That, yeah,
1: just, yeah. <laughs> and managing relevant work while also having yeah. your own struggles is what yeah, it basically it was getting. It
2: can be really, really hard. And I I mean, Sadie, you and I have talked about this like forever, but mm-hmm. it it's so important to find a job I think where you can be candid about, you know, I am not dealing well with X, Y, Z, and I need to take time. I need to figure out a way to minimize the stressors. And unfortunately in our culture, that's just like not accepted. (laughs) It's like, no, you need to work a 40 plus hour work week, get everything done and jeopardize yourself. And that was actually a big part of the reason why I started looking for other jobs so this new position that I took, as of several hours ago, is unlimited time off. And they're like, if you need to take a week or two to prevent yourself from burning out, do that. Like we want you to do that. <laughs> it's like I've never heard that in my thirty years of living. <laughs>
0: I, that's that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I'm, so that's awesome. That company that there's companies out there that let you mm-hmm. do that. You yeah, never heard of that before.
2: Yeah, it's called, like, discretionary time off. So, I mean, as long as your work is done and obviously, like, you're you're seeing your patients and there's not, like, people on your schedule that you're avoiding or not seeing, they're like, yeah, take three weeks off over the summer. Like, go travel. Go, go just be a person. And it's so interesting because I feel like in our culture, like, we're so taught that your life is your work. And... That's all it is, and i I have taught i've I have been taught that by my own family that your job is your identity. And like, I don't want that. <laughs> like, my job is important to me. Like, I love my job. I love caring for my patients. I love working in this clinic. But I don't ever want to jeopardize my own well being for a job that doesn't pay. Like, like it doesn't pay enough. No, no job will pay enough. to to like yeah yeah. i know Sadie. that probably that
1: mental yeah yeah that that (laughs) That is real hard and it brings up so much well also
0: i i feel like if a job does pay enough for you to do that then you have enough money that you can probably just quit that job anyway
3: yeah
0: Mm (laughs) if you need time (laughs) off Mm -hmm. if they won't give it to you you can just be like okay well you guys gave me enough money. I'm
3: good yeah. now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know. See, me.
2: sorry. I started out heavy. I like really went there straight from the jump.
1: Yeah, well, I just like just like on <laughs> another thing, ooh, I could get in real trouble. Uh I don't I don't know. Um <laughs> But just like I've really come across like the disposability of like people like with mental illness and like you'd you'd think like in the healthcare field or in mental healthcare field there would be like more sensitivity to it and like in my experience there is but like the crushing machine of capitalism like eventually like comes first before like like the, the mental health of your employees so it's like, oh, well, we need these notes done, like, regardless of in you're in a crisis or not. Like, we were doing like a crunch thing, like a thing for crunch at a former job of mine. Uh, I told my boss I was, or I told my supervisor I was actively suicidal, and then my supervisor told our supervisor, who like told me that she didn't have time for this, but like also like, and the same person is like, was like, oh, like take FMLA, like I. She kept sending me home because I kept crying at work.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: She's like, take FMLA. Like, have you thought about taking FMLA? And I was like, no, I never realized that was an option. And then I took her advice. And when I told her I'd be out for a month, she said, well, I guess I don't deserve a vacation. And it's just like, I mean, it's like, you should still what? also be able to take a vacation. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, yeah. this is on, like, this is not my fault. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know
3: yeah um, like, i feel like so much
1: resentment and like mm-hmm. it's like that like i mean it's kind of the way people treat people with autism it's like oh you made this thing harder for me mm-hmm. and then like are gonna just like hate you and treat you like shit yeah because you're trying to like not kill yourself
2: yeah a big part of my research work here is like we know there are genetic predispositions to things like major depressive disorder and schizophrenia and panic disorder and all of that. And so part of our, our research here is that we, we actually do genetic testing on seemingly healthy <laughs> individuals who are physically healthy. And we often detect that they have those, those types of genetic markers. And when we meet with them and say, hey, you have XYZ, genetic condition, they reveal to us a pretty substantial mental health history. And for some reason, like in the world of medicine and in our culture in general, like mental health is treated as a totally separate entity than things like asthma or kidney disease. And it's like, no, your, your brain is just another organ in the body. Like, I don't know why we have this weird perception that brain based conditions are like taboo in some way. And so when I meet with these individuals who have like these substantial psychiatric histories, and I say, and they're often like older people, like in their like 50s, 60s, 70s. And if I say to them, you know, you know, I know you have this history, we've pinpointed the probably a big genetic factor that has contributed. I mean, we're all products of our genetics in our environment. So obviously whatever external stressors you have is certainly a big contributing factor to your mental health. But to know that there's this biological predisposition that maybe the threshold is lower for experiencing those types of mental health events. uh, Those have been the most incredible counseling sessions I've ever had. Like to meet with someone who is like 65, and has been in and out of the hospital for bipolar disorder or in and out of the hospital for schizophrenia and to say, here's why, like here's, here's something more tangible to say, you're just wired differently. And it's not you being difficult. It's not you being obstinate or anything like that. And just like the personal utility of knowing like, okay, this is just the part of who I am. This is a part of my blueprint it sucks. Like, I don't I don't mm. wish that I had Yes. It. <laughs> but it's so interesting to me that, like, in our culture, again, like, these brain-based conditions are treated so differently than, like, if you heard that your friend, like, needed a kidney transplant. You'd be like, oh, my God. Like, let's do a fundraiser. Let's do a GoFundMe. Like, let's do the whole thing. It's like, why do we treat mental health any differently? It's it's biological. <laughs> like, and I don't know Sadie if that like if I, if I've said that wrong and it hits you differently, I'd love, love to hear your thoughts, but that's just been my perspective. It's like why do we treat these conditions as being so stigmatized when it's just a part of health? Like, and we should treat them the same as health and you should be able to take time off just as you would for like a surgery if you broke your toe. <laughs> like,
1: Yep. Like if I can if I can take time off for having a surgery from broken toe, I could take time off to have surgery on giving me larger breasts.
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. But no, that's an interesting perspective. Like I, I have definitely like heard like the like mental health should be treated more like physical health. Um and I I haven't really heard that like detail of that perspective though, and I thought that is very interesting i would love to like be able to like get testing that like oh so- i can like show to my parents to be like this is your fault
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's been like a, another so we've returned those types of results back to and it's all been published so it's not like i'm spilling secrets or anything but like about 300 people And everybody is just like, I'm so glad to know, like, I'm so glad to know that there's like a biological component to all of this. And, you know, a lot of people get really ragged on for being different or being difficult and to be able to say like, yeah, this is just who I am. And (laughs) And it has made my life harder, but at least I know now, you know, it's something that runs through my family and I can tell other people that there is this genetic component or something like that. So it's been, it's been really, really powerful uh, to meet with those individuals. And some of those individuals also have like learning disabilities and were in special ed and were bullied and thought that they just were being difficult students. it's like no like truly your brain is just wired differently like it doesn't make you less it doesn't make you bad in any way it's just there was there's just something different in your biology and so that's been like really really eye-opening for me especially you know given my own mental health struggles and those of other members of my family just to know that there's likely something just genetic (laughs) and I happen to be born into a family that, like, had that predisposition. Like, that has been a a little bit of solace for me. I think that, hey, this is just a part of who I am. And it doesn't make me lesser than anybody else. Again, we got to be really fast. Jeez, I'm sorry, guys.
1: (laughs) No, it's fine. That's no problem. I I mean, that's just the life you're living. Just, like... But I'm happy that you're going to get paid more to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then also, like, the dream of just, like, remote yeah, permanently. Mm-hmm. Man, I want that so bad. So
0: you said you have a retreat the week after you start. So you, like, start your new job and mm-hmm. then immediately get to, like, take a nice yeah. little retreat. So they, like, fly yes. us
2: all out to San Diego. <laughs> Um, The the company that I um, signed on with was recently acquired by a biotech company out of San Diego. So the company I'm going to work for is a counseling company. They do telehealth services. They're also a genetic testing laboratory, but they were acquired by this way bigger like biotech situation. Um, So we're all going to fly out to see the site, see the lab, see the technology, Robots or whatever the hell is like (laughs) doing the stuff, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. um, so you know it's like a fast turnaround from when I accepted the job to starting. But that's a really cool opportunity to like get to see everybody and meet everybody, and they're paying for it. So obviously, I'll go.
0: (laughs) Yes, just it's just good timing.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So I'm excited. I think it'll be good. And one of my best friends works for that company, which is how I like got in for mm. the interviews. So, yeah. I
1: was wondering.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So they basically, they were thinking about opening a position and asked if anybody knew anyone who might be interested. And so my friend mentioned me and within two weeks had an interview scheduled and everything. So. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. I'm
0: excited. Yeah. Hell yeah good for you
1: yeah also (laughs) buying a house sounds awful that was the other thing (laughs) well like yeah like it's just like every time like you know like friends will marry they buy a house they they're like all excited and then their instagram stories for the next few months are them like Tearing up the floors and, like, doing all sorts of stuff. Uh, I'm like, I don't want to do that. No, Why and would you're I so, do that? You're
0: so excited when you first get a house, like, your first house especially. Yeah. It's like, you don't, you don't know. Like, you know you want it to be a certain way. So you just start doing it. And then
3: mm-hmm.
0: it's half finished and you're like, oh, my God, I don't want to do this anymore. And mm-hmm. you have, like, three different rooms torn apart at the same time. Yeah. And, like, you just don't understand how much work is actually in it when you start doing it
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. or like how then, expensive it's going to be yep because i bought a house here because it was going to actually be cheaper for me to buy a house and my mortgage was going to be less like monthly mortgage was going to be less than rent in town and so i found this really cute house that i really really liked but it is so expensive to keep up a house, even if you you're not doing big renovations. Like things happen. Like, like I had yeah. fucking rota was here like three days last week. <laughs> I'm fucking I'm fucking around with my plumbing, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just so uh-huh. done. That
1: yeah. Like yes. Like the other day, like you know, like a guy came in to fix my AC. At the same time, a guy came in to fix my dryer. And now everything works and it, was, it didn't cost me anything.
3: Yeah. It yeah. didn't
1: directly cost me anything. Like, yeah, like, rent is more expensive and should be cheaper, if not just free whatever. But, like, yeah. Like, it's also very nice that, like, I don't know, like... At a place I lived with my ex, like, our stove broke, like, a weekend, and he just bought us a new fucking stove. We never would have bought a new stove. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah.
0: Mm
3: -hmm.
1: When when me and Kendra had our place,
0: it was, like, I didn't, I never called anyone. I, I like, I was, like, I'm going to do it myself, but, like, I swear, it was, like, At least four days a week I was at Lowe's like getting shit to like finish a project or like fix something that was broken and it was like you'd run there and you'd come back and it's not the right thing you gotta run back there and you make eight trips back and forth to Lowe's to get everything you need and you wasted a bunch of money on the wrong shit and it's like (laughs) yeah yeah, owning at home is it's cool that you get equity but it also really sucks with all the extra shit you have to pay for
2: yeah. Like I'm glad I have something that's my own and I love my house I mean, my house is super cute and it's, it's a great starter home for me, but just the, it's an old house too. It's, it was built in 1924, so it's almost 100 years old. So, like, the plumbing is old, the electric is old, like, the roof is old. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and so when I bought it, I was like, oh, this will be a great investment. You know, it's again, it's cheaper than renting someplace. But you don't think about, like, oh, I'm probably going to have to pay people to help me keep this place. I'm not handy, and I live here by myself. <laughs> it's <laughs> so. okay. I,
0: I was handy, and... Some stuff we saved money on and some stuff we didn't. Cause I had to buy a million of the wrong parts before I got it right. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> plus like what's, what's my time worth too. Cause I spent all those hours doing all that stuff.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. My uh, garbage disposal broke Uh PSA to anybody listening. If you have a garbage disposal, you cannot put shrimp shells or shrimp tails down your garbage disposal. <laughs> which is something I did not know but it creates like a cement like paste within your garbage disposal and it will completely stop working and (laughs) (laughs) so I did that and was like okay it's fine I'll like try to figure this out myself I will try to I I watch YouTube videos I got tools and everything that was a year and a half ago I no longer have a garbage disposal (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a complete <laughs> catastrophe i cracked the sink like it, it's just bad like it's bad
0: oh my goodness so
2: there there is a time and a place for like hiring people <laughs> to
3: oh, yeah. Really? Things. yeah.
0: like even as i get older too it's like a lot of stuff i would be all gung-ho like oh yeah i'll fix it i'm just like dude i wish i just had the money to pay someone like i don't want to do that yep,
2: <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sadie, how are you doing? How are you feeling?
0: <laughs> you're like you're like slowly melting into that scene.
2: Yeah, you're really like... Zen out over there. <laughs> I love I'm it. Cold.
0: I love to see it. My fucking dog just farted, and it smells so bad.
3: Oh,
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cut out, like, all of our little intermission, but just right there. Save that, though. That's pretty good. Yeah.
0: All right. Anyway, moving on here. We're back. Let's, We're uh, back, everybody. Yes. Yeah, let's make our way to the second question.
2: Sadie <laughs> has taken her second sip of Gatorade.
0: Yep.
1: You know me. All right.
0: So... What since high school has made you the person you are today? Like college, life experiences, cool stuff that happened?
2: Yeah, I think two things. So I I was prepped for this when I was listening to Alex's uh, episode. I was like, oh, right, that's a question they ask. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Two big things for me. First one is in my sophomore year of college, my dad passed away and that was a big life-changing event for me. It was something, you know, he was very, very sick while I was in high school, which most people didn't know about. And so he passed away sort of unexpectedly, sort of expectedly my sophomore year of college. So that was obviously a big life-changing event and really made me think about, you know, what is most important in this life and what do I want to do with, and what is important to me and all of that. And then I think grad school. So I went to, my undergrad was at Hamilton College, which is a really small liberal arts college in upstate New York. Uh, And then I went to Boston University for my grad school experience. And so I moved to like a big city for the first time. (laughs) And, you know, I I had moved to Nazareth when I was 14. And before that grew up in a really small town in New Jersey. So I had never really been in a big place before. I didn't know how to navigate a city or anything like that. So moving to Boston, I knew no one. I I had no friends following me or anything like that. I coincidentally had a couple of college classmates who ended up getting jobs a few months after I moved there. So had some people eventually, but just moving somewhere completely on my own. I think that was, that was really a wonderful growth experience and super scary. <laughs> like, And I went to a grad program that had my, my graduating class from grad school had eight. Jesus. And so, so I also, yeah. So I also was like jumping into the deep end, hoping that of that group, like maybe I'd make a friend, like maybe I would have somebody to like hang out with, uh, but didn't know. I went there because I, I really liked the program. I liked their philosophy. I liked their curriculum. And uh, I mean, Boston is, as most people know, like an incredible place to practice medicine and has some of the best hospitals in the world in Boston. So I was very fortunate that I got into that program. But yeah, it was scary and I moved into an apartment by myself. I had never lived alone (laughs) before, particularly in a city, and I couldn't afford to live in, like, the nice part of Boston. (laughs) So I was also in Alston, which is, like, western Boston, like, a western neighborhood in Boston that is affectionately called Rat City. It's, like, really dirty (laughs) and grungy and, I mean, it's safe, relatively. But, you know, not what people often picture when they think of Boston. It's not like bougie, beautiful, old cobblestone streets or anything like that. It's like, rundown. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I think I finally learned how to be my own person, which is something that I hadn't. I think, Sadie, you know, probably, probably better than Mike, like what my high school experience was like with my dad. And him being very very sick and i didn't have much freedom to be like a teenager it was go you go to school and you come home and you take care of dad because i'm an only child um so that was my responsibility was to come home and take care of him and my mom would go to work and so college and grad school were the first times of my life where it was like you can be you and i didn't know how to be me (laughs) for a while Mm. like I didn't have my first beer. I didn't have my first sip of alcohol until my first week of freshman year of college because I was put into such a place of responsibility growing up with my dad. Like it had to be there. And my responsibility was like, you do well in school and you get into a good college. And that is your ticket out of here. And so obviously hit the ground running in <laughs> college. It yeah. was like, Oh my god, I'm free now! Like I can do, and I had no idea what I was doing. I got so lit off of like two natty lights. <laughs> <I> was, like, <laughs> so embarrassing! It was my my college friends like still make fun of me to this day that we went to one party. I had two natty lights, and I was like obliterated. <laughs> I was, like, this is the worst. Was, like, this is terrible. That's
0: fantastic.
2: Oh god, it was bad. <laughs> So I feel like I was just like delayed in experiencing some of those high school things, and, and yeah,
1: like... I I feel you. You actually had your first drink before I did. When was yours? I'm trying to think. Maybe it was... not even till sophomore year of college. Or I I think I'm giving myself too much credit.
0: Was it for loco?
1: No. Is
0: it the, is is that your first sip of alcohol?
1: No, for loco was not my first sit. Uh, I don't know. Is, I got tired. for loco was like I got tired of drinking forties, and then,
2: which is so funny because like Sadie, the only time I ever went to like a party or like a sleepover or something was <laughs> our AP English class. Like yes. that was like that was my social event. <laughs> So Sadie
1: and I, uh, I, I don't say when did we first meet. We, I we, don't. We. I think we figured this out. I. I think we figured this out. Like, yeah, when we last time we were on the phone.
2: Yeah, it was like
1: sophomore year English. Well, I think no, because were you here? See, here's how I know. Well, here's how I'm gonna find out, or how I think I know. <laughs> is okay. I don't remember any person in my freshman year English class except Matt Kelly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, right! I was saying, like, I think he was in my freshman year class, but I'm not sure. Because I had a yeah, ward well, for freshman year. Yeah.
1: English. Mm-hmm, me too.
2: Yeah. So I think we were in the same class then.
1: Yeah. Because, like, like Kendra, too, apparently was in my uh, honors English class, and I had, like, no idea until, like... Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah I a few like, months
1: so ago
2: So I moved to Nazareth halfway through eighth grade, which PSA to everybody listening, whenever you have children, don't do that to them. Like don't yeah, oh my God. Grade Like that is the worst thing you could ever do to your child, especially because I went from a school in New Jersey that was a K through 8 school. And I had a total of forty kids in my class. So I went from having pretty much the same classmates from kindergarten through eighth grade to starting at Nazareth <laughs> where it was like four hundred and fifty of you. I like didn't know how to make friends. I, I never had to. No. I had the same friends since kindergarten. So yeah, don't do that. <laughs> so
1: No, I, I mean don't even let your kid go to eighth grade.
2: Yeah. Watch
1: watch the movie Eighth Grade and be like, "Oh no, I can't do this to my kid."
2: Yeah,
3: because that's like
1: the fucking scariest movie I've ever fucking seen.
2: It's a traumatizing time
1: for sure. Yeah, it's just I'm like, this is I don't need to watch this. This Is this is what I did in eighth grade? Like, just like really awkward and doesn't know how to make friends, but really, really wants them.
3: Yeah, but
1: that's me. That's me now, though. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you peaked in middle school. I definitely did.
3: <laughs> Bye, <man. laughs>
2: oh, but yeah, I like really don't remember much of my eighth grade year at Nazareth and like all freshman year because it was so. It, I, it was such an anxious time for me. Like, I had, like, no yeah. friends, hardly. I didn't know, like, who I was, what I was supposed to do. Like, all I knew was, like, being a student. And it was just bad. So, my uh, Sadie, if you were in my uh, freshman class, couldn't even tell you. Like, I don't even remember. But I can't tell you either. Freshman- i just remember like sophomore and beyond and how our uh, yeah. like our english group was like so close and that was like the closest i ever came to a party which was funny because it was like us just hanging out like what did we yeah even and like do? no
1: and there was never alcohol at them until like never. i turned 21
2: <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no it was just us at kristin ronka's house <laughs>
1: Like, like raiding the fr- like Kevin Young Young raiding the fridge, yeah, trying to see what leftovers he was gonna eat. Mm-hmm. Like Inception, just pl- like the the DVD menu for Inception just playing <laughs> like, over and over, over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh yeah, it wasn't even just the 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 screen; it was just the whole movie just kept playing. I think I've
2: seen Inception more than any movie because of those times. <laughs>
1: Just like being in the room and just it just keeps going for some reason.
0: <laughs> Damn, I should have done that with Gladiator when he came over. Just <laughs> oh my god,
1: in. this was so funny. Mike just spent—he spent so long. He was just like, "I want to watch Gladiator." Like it was like his birthday. Okay, weekend.
0: so all right, yeah, Gladiator is my favorite movie, and I have it on DVD, right? I have. Wait, wait,
2: wait. Your favorite movie of all time.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. I love that movie. Okay. So, and then when I told, I was texting my ex, who's also a friend, it's not a weird thing. Like, oh, like, like, Mike is putting on Gladiator. And then my ex was like, oh, that's my dad's favorite movie. (laughs) Just Mike has just such
0: dad energy. Oh my god. I seriously spent like two hours because I have it on DVD. I didn't want to rent it because I have it on DVD. But I have no way of playing it on the TV. So I went and I got the old laptop and I tried to hook that up and I forget why but it wouldn't play it. And so I brought it up to my fancy computer and I tried to stream it down to the Chromecast and that didn't work. And I don't know i tried a whole bunch of stuff and eventually i just said fuck it and i spent the five dollars and rented it (laughs) like like i spent two hours just trying to hook it up just so i can watch one movie
2: oh my god mike
0: yeah and (laughs) then
1: and and then kendra came home and the two of us are just like chatting like for like hours and mike is like shh shh like, I gotta say this line along with this guy. Like,
3: <laughs> my God.
1: He was so mad that he spent two hours to watch this movie and then no one else is actually watching with him. You <laughs> just know, making fun of him being a dad. I should have just let it go.
0: I had a 48 hour rental. I should have just played it for 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. And we all have our comfort things.
0: We all have our things that make us <laughs> yeah. That's yours,
2: which is interesting
0: (laughs) it's just my favorite movie and i haven't seen it in a couple years (laughs) though whatever i don't care you can make fun of me for it i'll take the hit
2: (laughs) i will make fun of the fact that you did have a fidget spinner while you were talking about gladiator so like that
0: (laughs) i've been spinning this the whole time yeah.
2: I know. I mean I noticed it, but now it was like very dad energy. Like talking about gladiator and you have a fidget spinner.
1: <laughs> I've been getting that a lot Our lately. Dad. I've been yeah, getting I it mean, a lot lately. Yeah, I was giving you a lot of that <laughs> when <I>
0: was over. <laughs> it's all right. I guess it comes with age, huh? I yeah.
3: I guess.
1: I don't have I don't, I don't want to hit that phase.
3: Yeah, I, don't I gotta start them.
1: making dad jokes now. Mhm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you're definitely already there. <laughs> you're in early stages, but you're already there. All right, next. Co- uh, well, what were we talking about? We we're talking about
2: parties.
0: Uh, Kristen Rock's fridge. Yeah, that was also like oh, Inception. Yeah, that's how I got on. Gladys yeah.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, that was also like my. The closest I had to parties was, yeah. like, playing Bananagrams.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, like, playing Bananagrams, playing, like, pool, and, like, yes. Nerf gun wars. Yeah. That was our that was our thing. I mean... Yeah. I love that. That was the first time I had had, like, a really solid group of friends. So, like, for me, that was, like, the best. I was like, oh, cool. Like, I have these people who... I relate to and I feel comfortable with. So I look back on those as being like really great. But then I'm like also very weird that we were like 17 and like playing banana grams and that was our idea of a party.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that sounds okay to me. I don't yeah. know. I mean, yeah. Did you have I mean, fun though?
2: Like gone through the phases where now it's like that sounds great now.
1: <laughs> yeah. I
2: fucking love that.
1: Yeah. i like, I'd, I'd, I'd want to. <laughs> sleep in a bed but like yeah
2: um, we did very much sleep on like the couches and the floor and everything but yeah, yeah.
0: that's what you do when you're a kid yeah mm-hmm. yeah. but now I'm like
1: yeah I'll, well like my friend like this weekend like he's like babysitting his younger brother and I don't understand how old his brother is I don't know why I said don't understand I just don't know <laughs> um
3: <laughs> but
1: <laughs> But he is like babysitting his brother while his parents are out of town. So he's like, like everyone, he's gonna even listen to this because he, I know he listens. Uh, shout out, Joe! Um, he made me homemade Arby's one time because I was depressed. <laughs> 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 Just because he could. I don't, it that, that's matter. a good. That's a good friend right there. A
2: really good. friend. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it was like it was way better than Arby's. Of course, solo bar. Fuck! How the fuck did we get here? <laughs> Couldn't even help you. I don't know. I had a point. That I was my mouth was open for some <laughs> reason. Um, oh, he is babysitting his like brother, so he's like inviting people like his friends, including myself, like there <laughs> like for the weekend. I was like wow that'd be my first high school party but also yeah. like it would like I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go like just like for the day and not mm-hmm. sleep over like yeah. even beds it's just like that. Just, it just... it's not your bed yeah <laughs> yeah
0: me and Kendra do the same thing like we'll go to some of her friends and we're like if we can make it back home we will always go home
2: yeah <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Better to pay for the very expensive Uber and end up back in your bed than like yes. sleeping on somebody's dingy couch. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah.
0: All right. Let's get to the third question. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. All right. Did you ever see yourself being where you are now when you were back in high school?
2: Oof. Good question. So I knew I wanted to go into science. I knew I wanted to go into genetics in some way since like sophomore year of high school. I don't know if anybody remembers the computers and careers class that we had to take. I had Mr. Celine as my teacher. Was that
1: like was that like freshman You're Making year? things up.
2: I'm not making this up, Sadie.
1: <laughs>
0: I, I remember this, but I feel like we didn't we we took that like freshman maybe freshman year. Freshman maybe?
2: year Ma- it maybe was like early on or- it was early it was definitely early, yeah. early. I oh that.
1: yeah mike yeah. i think you're in my class for that Who, we were you in that corner
0: classroom by the mr. library kind of i think it was mr madsen before he yeah. was the principal yeah
2: yeah i had mr celine i remember that and we had to like do a project about what career we might be interested in and like do like Prove that we know how to Google search and like, do <laughs> research. Um, and so I knew I had been interested in genetics. That has been something that's always been interesting to me since, like, middle school. Um, so I literally Googled, like, careers in genetics and genetic counseling came up. And so started, like, thinking more about it. So I think, yeah, since, like, middle of high school, I knew I wanted to do this in some capacity for better or for worse, you know, my, my brain was like not fully developed <laughs> and I, I often think back, like if I had had some extra time, would I have considered something else? Cause I applied to colleges that I knew would have curriculum that would <laughs> provide the prerequisites for my master's degree. Like I was like thinking like 10 steps ahead. Jesus. Every- yeah, it was terrible.
0: <laughs> well, um, you know, you did it though.
2: I did, but I often think like, "Is this where I was supposed to be? Like, what could I have done something else? I mean, I, I I do really like what I do, but there are some days where I'm like, you know, I would really also love to like run a bed and breakfast <laughs> or like
0: yeah. Well, be an event I think like... you're in, Yeah, I think you're in the majority there. Like I, I constantly think about like, oh well, I would like to do that or. Do that or Mm. do that or at least try it maybe see if i do like it like i think a lot of people have that through their head you know
2: yeah and i think you know i i often so i went straight through so like went to undergrad so i was a neuroscience major in college and i only did that because the course requirements for that major were exactly what you needed for the graduate program in genetics. So I like checked every box by doing that major, which was horrific at some point. Mean, we had to do like brain biopsies. Like it was like a lot. <laughs> and uh, so got into, got into my training program uh, for my master's degree, but there was such pressure within my family to go straight through and not take time off. So it's very common in my field, that you go through and you get your bachelor's degree and then you just work for a couple years. Like, as a research assistant or case management or something just to, like, give yourself a little bit of a break. And then you apply for your master's and go from there. But I have a half-sister. Bless, I love her. She's wonderful. Bless her heart. Who got her PhD when she was 26. And my mom and my stepdad like see that as being very common to just like push through school, get your degrees, do everything. And it's like, no, that's like less than 1% of people (laughs) get their PhD when they're 26 years old. And so I felt this extreme pressure to just keep pushing through. And I like quickly burnt out during grad school quickly burnt out when I started here and had to like take conscious steps to say, I have to take a little bit of time off. I have to remove some things from my plate. Cause I had just, I had been a student for what? So when you graduate high school, you're a student for 16 years, right? that makes sense? No, 12 years. And then college is 16. I I
0: don't think I went to school when I was two. No I, yeah,
2: no, I didn't either. Uh, so I've been a student for like 8 years and I was so tired. Yeah. <laughs> so I think if I could like go back in time, I would encourage myself to take some time off between something, like between college and grad school or high school and college. I think that that is something that is very rare but should be something that's more encouraged. Because we're mm-hmm. kids when we apply to college. Like, we have no idea what
1: we're doing. No. <laughs> like, oh, no like, idea.
0: You, add, you talk to so many people who went to college. Like, mo- most of our generation, you go to college and you end up switching majors, like, three, four, five times. And you lose, yeah. you waste so much money in credits that don't transfer to whatever major you switch to, mm-hmm. you know.
2: Or, like, you go to college and that first year or so is the first time that you've ever been out of your parents' household or free to be you and explore who you are and what you're interested in and what you want or you don't want. And then to have the pressure of doing that within an academic institution, like, that can be... I mean, it was exhausting for me. Like, it was... I was like, I, yeah, I want to go party and, like, meet people and make friends and meet guys. But I also, like, want to do well in school because I have this dream for myself to be a grad student. So if I had maybe taken a year off to just, like, work and do something, like, not as mentally taxing and just give myself finally the opportunity to figure out who I was... I think that would have been really helpful because I was very tired when I graduated grad school.
1: Like, grad school, I feel like I've said this before, but fuck grad school, don't go to grad school. It's the worst. (laughs) It's the worst.
2: It's, I mean, it's gotten me to where I am today, but it is exceptionally. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you're paying attention, but <laughs> could be doing a lot better.
2: <laughs> <Two thumbs down>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I think our educational system in general is just really twisted and not supportive of letting people figure out what their passions are what they want to do for themselves. And I think there's this weird pressure that you have to go to college, you have to go beyond that. Like, no, you don't. Like, (laughs) if you're passionate about anything, like, just do that. Like, I just want people to be happy. I just want people to do well. And I mean, I experienced that again within my own family. My mom, today, I told her I got, got this new job. And she's like, so when are you going to get your PhD? Like, never. Like, I'm what? never, <laughs> never going to get my PhD. I never want that bullshit. <laughs> like, I just know. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't,
1: it, like, it doesn't seem worth it. No.
2: no. I mean, there are some fields where it is worth it. But I think we've just created this false idea in our society that you have to achieve that level of education to be worthwhile in some
0: specialties yeah like i've i feel like people with undergrad degrees now like undergrad degrees i feel like don't even mean anything anymore because mm-hmm. i had i was looking for somebody um an assistant for my position to hire mm-hmm. and i got this dude who has a, a bachelor's in marketing
3: mm-hmm.
0: in, in sports marketing yeah and he applied to be my assistant for fourteen dollars an hour, and I'm like, I, I asked him during the interview. I was like, "So, like, are you just not interested in the field?" He's like, "Dude, I can't. Nobody will hire me.
3: Yeah,
0: He's like, I can't. I cannot find anybody that'll give me a job.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, <laughs> like how? I'm like, you have a bachelor's degree. Like,
3: mm-hmm.
0: how is mm-hmm. nobody's going to give you a shot? So you're taking a, a fourteen dollars an hour job instead." it's It's just absurd to me,
3: yeah. like it's
0: just a racket at this point, yeah I like
3: think if you awesome. want
0: if if you want everyone to have that education to get a job, just make it part of high school at that point yep,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. yeah, I think the whole system is so broken, and <clears throat> I've been so interested in the conversations recently about student debt and erasing federal student debt because oh yes. yeah. Yeah, like, please do. But but also, (laughs) we're all so pressured to, I mean, or at least myself, I know, like pressured to go to an elite institution, an elite school and take out these massive student loans. Because I was told, again, I was a kid, like, oh, well, you'll get a job that's gonna pay well enough to like pay that back it's like no i'm i'm in the hole for like over six figures like and i make good money and i'm doing well for my society and taking care of people and so it's so in my my parents are like diehard republicans and they're like no no no, we can't erase the student debt like it's integral to our economy
0: blah 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 no it's not
2: it's not though okay. <laughs> We <laughs> haven't paid them for like two years <laughs> Fine. Everything's fine. It's all fake.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like I always look at my sister for that because, like, she is a vet. She just got her doctorate two years ago, Mm -hmm. and she's got like over two hundred grand in student loans. Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: And she makes good money, and so does her husband, who's a CPA. And like, they're not going to be able to pay that back for
3: a long
1: time. You know, like, it's... And then just with interest, like, it can be, like, just so astronomical. Yep. Yeah,
2: Yeah, my plan is, like, so you have to pay on it for 30 years. And then after the 30 years, it all gets wiped. So I'm like, well, I guess I'll pay towards it for 30 years, and that's the end. And I make, like, good money. Like, better than Mm -hmm. most people. But again, I like felt that pressure that I had to go to these really good programs to get to where I, and maybe I did, maybe, maybe that is why I am where I am right now, but it is so fucked to me (laughs) that we have an educational system in this country where we like tout ourselves as being leaders of the free world, being the best country you'd ever want to live in. And we have doctors who are like half a million dollars in debt after mm-hmm. their training? What like like makes no sense.
0: Yeah, well, that's like what we're all taught. I mean, it's just I feel like it was just our parents' generation. It was like when they went and got degrees, all of them were able to get jobs. Just mo- like a, a good amount of them didn't. So, like when you had a degree, it was like a big deal. But it's like mm-hmm. our generation i mean i don't know the numbers but a lot more of us have degrees so now it's like a, just a standard and yeah. they don't want to pay you shit for it
2: <laughs>
0: the generational differences
2: Sadie, how
0: you doing <laughs> i'm chilling. <laughs>
2: again every time i look at you you just like are melting further and further <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Where>?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, what are the questions we got? We'll, we'll have to do like, a lightning round.
3: Hit me. Um, yeah.
0: We're on number four.
1: All right. Four. Well, well. Here, here's one thing that's not an official question. Is I want to talk about the English term papers.
2: Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs>
3: okay. Because <laughs> that
1: shit was brutal.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: What was your experience of the AP? <laughs> yeah papers.
2: so i'm trying to think which year was the hardest was it
3: was it it was ju-
1: junior, year. junior year yeah where was it was one one 20 pages yeah yeah well then was, senior year is uh, what it was only 10 pages yeah
2: 20 pages oh mike you have no idea yeah
1: it was brutal <laughs> so brutal yeah no way.
2: so our junior year in ap who was our teacher? Zelinsky. Was it? Yes. Was he was our teacher. We had to write a 20 plus page thesis for our final project for AP English or whatever English class that was called. I don't even know if yeah. it was AP. Was it AP? It was AP. Yeah. And we had to like come up with our own hypothesis. Like we went to NAC and like, Yep. I spent almost every weekend at NAC in their library for like a month and a half like <laughs> doing research. And so I think my final paper was like 38 pages.
1: Oh my god.
2: But Sadie, do you remember that oh. while writing my paper my computer crashed halfway through and I lost Whoa. half of my paper?
1: Oh, oh, my, my God. God. Yeah, I that was, like, that. one
2: of the most, like, guys, not to be morbid, but my dad died in college. And second most traumatizing experience for me was that paper being lost.
0: <laughs> you know what? Thank thank yeah. God for automatic backups now.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Kids these days will never know the struggle of your right computer road dying road. in the middle right.
2: of no. what no. you're
1: doing.
2: Yeah. But That's
1: yeah. insane. But
2: that is, like, the papers we had to write for that class were the level of, like, a dissertation for a PhD. (laughs) Like, like we were at the library all the time. So mine was, which is so funny now, like, given my own, like, political inclinations, but I compared, like, Ayn Rand... To, oh my god. Yeah, I know, I know. To Philip Pullman <laughs> and C.S. Lewis. And, like, read books of Ayn Rand, Philip Pullman, and C.S. Lewis. And, like, cross-examined them against each other. And that was my junior year. I was 16 years old. <laughs> Reading that paper. And I think I got, yeah. like... B minus on it because it was Zelinsky and she hated
0: everyone. Yeah. Y'all, I thought I took hard classes. I I can't I can't even compare. There's no way I would have survived. I just wouldn't have done it. At twenty, it's pages, no It way.
1: was so awful. I mean, I think like we were talking about earlier, like you know, like for a few years, like even after high school, like our English class like hung out.
3: Yeah,
1: and like. And I think that was like definitely born over like the junior twenty-page term paper, where we have like like a just like group chat and we're all yeah. just like
3: uh-huh.
1: talking about how much so we're suffering writing this paper. Yeah. I, <laughs> you're. Uh,
2: Didn't you do like graphic novels?
1: Yeah, I was gonna yeah, yeah. say like it. Mm-hmm. Your your term paper topic is so funny compared to mine it was like i analyzed batman (laughs)
2: like no but like still great
1: (laughs) um i mean that's actually like that's one thing i was appreciating about that is like literally like the topic like what for yeah uh the junior year like Mm -hmm. they was like American literature was yeah. like the topic.
3: Yeah, do whatever. So you like want.
1: you could do like whatever you wanted. Mm-hmm. So I was like, cool, I'm going to read three comic books yeah. <laughs> and like argue <laughs> that like comic books count as literature. Mm-hmm. It was so fucking like my <laughs> what I did for then senior year was British literature and I and that that paper was only 10 pages.
2: Mm. But I can't well now I'm thinking, did I flip flop? Now I can't remember what I did between the two years. I just remember that I did Ayn Rand, Philip Pullman, and C.S. Lewis. I know that was one paper that I did, but I can't, again, I can't remember what I did for the other yeah, one.
1: Yeah, I the preceding well, year I did I analyzed <laughs> lyrics from British anarchist punk bands. <laughs> <laughs>
3: of course that that's what that, I did.
2: Yes, I remember that.
1: <laughs> of course that's what I did. I wrote my, my term paper about fucking crass and, like, how sex pistols are bullshit. Like...
2: <laughs> but, like, you know what? When I think back on high school, like, those are the best experiences I had. Like, that freedom of being like, yeah, do whatever you want. And just, like, write a paper. And we were just... It was uh, harrowing. (laughs) Like, I don't want to ever write, like, a 25-page paper ever again.
1: Fucking, I never did that since. Like, that's still the longest paper I've ever written. Nope. Nope. You're gonna have to do it in college, though. (laughs) (laughs) I think the closest I've gotten college is maybe, like, 12.
2: Yeah.
0: Y'all. If I had to write, like... A five page paper it was a nightmare for me i am mm-hmm. not i am not good at writing papers i'm very good at writing like professional emails and being yeah. very like mm-hmm. writing I'm, i can write well but i cannot write like my thoughts down onto paper in like the way that they really want to hear it like i will repeat myself over and over mm-hmm. just in different sentence forms <laughs>
1: I'm really good at writing papers, and I like really miss it.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So I
1: want I want to just start writing essays for fun.
2: Do it.
1: Start start a blog. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking. I I what I miss with essay writing is like I like I miss writing like for like two semesters I studied I I majored in global studies and like. I actually really loved that major, but, like, just had an existential crisis about what my life would be.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And, like, I remember, like, I started taking, a, like, a, this class with, like, Love of My Life, Kirk Schaefer, and, <laughs> and like, one of the first essays was about, like, the morality of, like, terrorism, and it's like, is terrorism ever justified? And I was like, this fucking rules! <laughs> like...
3: <laughs>
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know what you
0: could do? You could like offer your like essay writing services to
1: high school kids that want to pay you Mm -hmm. for it. (laughs) You could be a Yeah, do you want to do you wanna do you wanna turn paper on fucking (laughs) crass?
0: Or comic books? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, but I mean you could use those skills to like, you know.
1: Write a blog, or I don't know. Write no, me. I've been, th- yeah, I've been, th- I, and I, I, oh no, I've had, I have a lot of things to write about at this point that I want to get out there. Start a oh, whole bunch no. of blogs.
2: And like, Sadie, you could be a great, like, writing tutor for kids, like, writing essays for their, like, personal statements for our college apps and stuff. Like, I know you're a great writer. I've, like, read your writing before. I can do
1: that yeah okay. maybe sure yeah <laughs> no that I've never thought of that I'd have to like because <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah I know that yeah. like I oh I've like gotten grades good grades on papers since those term papers like but like I don't know how to like teach it <laughs> but whatever
2: yeah it's well you so. would oh. oh go ahead
1: I was just gonna say, all you gotta do
0: is like take, like tell them to write something, and then you know critique it and show them mm-hmm. what's wrong and why. It's like, mm-hmm. you yeah. know,
2: or just the like, teacher is
0: responsible for teaching them. You just kind of help them.
2: And like, if like you read it and it doesn't make sense, <laughs> so mm-hmm. when I was in college, like how I got paid was I was a writing tutor. And I would just, like, read people's essays or read people's lab reports or whatever and be, like, these sentences don't make sense. And, like, you should flip-flop them or do some, like, low-level grammar editing. And it was, like, super fun. So, Sadie, highly it recommend it. does
1: sound kind of fun.
2: Yeah. Like, there are plenty of kids out there who are, like, I need someone to read my grad school or college essay mm. like, you know how to write i know that
0: yeah, yeah. i think college students will they, mm-hmm. they get paid pretty decent money
2: yeah just don't pull like a Lori laughlin where you're like fucking faking out the entire application and like
0: writing college college essays for kids
1: <laughs> yeah fuck i don't know my other my other my well, my other term paper memory from high school is like I was like in the middle of doing that paper like my mom called me down for dinner and like I was drinking a glass of water or juice or whatever and then all of a sudden the glass is broken and I broke it with my head what like, for, like, I don't know what happened. Wait, I was just so okay, you gotta out.
2: backtrack on that.
1: You gotta backtrack. I was doing the paper. I was so stressed out from the paper that I ended up like headbutting my like um, glass okay. and cutting my forehead.
2: That was definitely a Zelensky year. Yes. <laughs> that must have been Ms. April Zelensky herself. Yeah. <laughs> Teacher.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she came to my house and slammed my my face into the kitchen
2: table.
3: (laughs) While we're on the
0: topic of high school memories, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what uh, other than English class? You have any other good uh, memories?
2: So I told Sadie I was going to probably share this one on the uh, on the podcast. Not sure if anybody remembers Sean Martell, who was one of our social studies teachers.
1: No. He was yeah, super you did t-
2: young. <laughs> I think he started... This is a
1: memory. It's not a good memory. <laughs>
2: it's not a good memory. Uh, That's all right. I think he started probably our, like, junior or senior year. Uh, I never had him as a teacher but this has, like, been drilled down into my memory, especially because now I'm dating someone who's a teacher, and I've, like, told him this story, and he's, like, appalled that this was a thing that happened. I will never forget, I was walking down the hallway where, like, some of, it was, like, Mrs. Cunningham's classroom, Sean Martel's classroom, like, a Spanish classroom. It was, like, towards, like, the back of the school. Like, I could, like, draw you a map show you where it was and I will never forget that I was wearing a like not even scandalous like we had pretty tight dress code like above the knee plaid skirt black tights boots sweater and Sean Martel, a teacher of ours pulled me aside and said you should wear that more often and I yeah, mm-hmm. and that was my first experience with sexual harassment. <laughs> yeah, like, and he was not even my teacher. Like, I did not interact with him for anything, and like said that to me, and it was right. exceptionally horrific. And like in the moment, and I
0: never, I never wore that ever again.
2: Never wore that ever again. <laughs> but in the moment, you know, when you're a kid, you're like oh, he probably thinks I'm really cute, blah, blah, blah. So, like, in the moment, I was like, oh, wow, this is, like, so complimentary. And then, like, years later, I was like, that is so exceptionally creepy.
1: <laughs> like that. Yeah, that's like, that's, like, fucking, like, groovy. Predatory. Like? predatory. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, I remember that. And then the only other thing that, like, really stands out to me is, I don't know if it was freshman or sophomore year when we had that really bad bomb threat where we had to leave the high school and go, like, walk to the elementary school and, like, sit in the cafeteria. do you remember that? Yes.
0: Like, was it the yeah. elementary school or was it the middle school? It was middle school. Oh, we had school. to
2: walk oh. all the way to the middle school and, like, sit in the yeah. cafeteria. Yeah. I remember
0: yeah. that.
2: Yeah. So that was real because that was pretty early. I think that was, like, freshman year it was pretty early on because I didn't really have any remember. friends and we couldn't call our parents. And so we had like walked all the way from the high school to the middle school, settled ourselves there. And I'll never forget that Kristen Ronka's mom was like not having any of this. <laughs> so she came to the middle school and picked up Kristen and myself then we went to Fuddruckers for lunch. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Hell yeah.
2: On like 191, when it was on 191. And yep. we went to Fuddruckers, had lunch, and then Chris and mom like dropped me off at my house because everything was fine. But yeah, those are like probably two of my like biggest mile marker memories from from my or middle school or that time. Like Fuddruckers.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> but Ruckers made you are made you who you are today. Sure, did <laughs> oh, oh man. Yeah. All right, what about any
0: romantic relationships, crushes, teacher crushes? Ooh.
2: Teacher crushes, definitely Christopher Cole, who is one of our social studies teachers. I was like deeply obsessed with him love <laughs>
3: uh
2: like so much so that there was one time so I was on debate team in high school and he was a judge at one point and he I like couldn't even handle him being a judge so I was like up at the lectern he's a judge and he called me out for being too loud during like a certain <laughs> part of the debate and I like couldn't even continue I was like this is the worst thing balls are the best thing it's ever happened to me uh so Chris Paul, for sure, <laughs> like love him forever <laughs> otherwise romantic not really I mean I had like Crushes here and there. I think my biggest crush, who I'm going to encourage to come onto the pod, is Andrew Budsock.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah!
2: So I Shout out,
0: come on the show,
2: Andrew. Andrew will. Come on, come on, come on. He will. He will.
1: I. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this can take it. A... So this can jump around a little bit, and this could take us to the Instagram questions because last I saw. There is only one. It was probably me. <laughs> well, no, I'm not counting you.
2: Okay.
1: Because yeah, you you did reply, but yeah. So Tyler Corcoran says, "Get Budsock to come on." <laughs> <laughs> but also says, "Also happy to have you on." Smiley face. <laughs> oh,
2: thanks, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, and he knows this. Like we have talked about this ad nauseum, I was and continue to be very much in love with Andrew (laughs) Buznach. He is one of my best, best friends, one of the closest people I have in my circle and will always be in my circle. So in high school, I was madly in love with him. And over time, we have just become really, really, really good friends. And he is like one of the most important people in my life. Like, when my dad passed away, he came home from college to, like, be with me in Nazareth. So, I don't want to cry, but he is exceptionally important to me. So, I want him to come on the pod. I I told him that I would go first, and then he has to go next. Yeah, <laughs> So, he has a really, really great story and has just been so, so wonderful. We were on Science Olympia together, which was, like so hilarious but yeah he's he should come on (laughs) he has some stuff to tell i think
1: (laughs) hell yeah i very much will look forward to that
2: i mean i talk to him like every day like pretty much every day andrew and i talk yeah
1: wow
0: Yeah, he's great
2: mike you're right you're throwing stuff around
0: (laughs) i'm dropping my fidget spinner over here
3: (laughs) all right we right, ever-
0: we, I, well, I don't, I don't know, because we're kind of hopping around. We, we're, yeah, no, we're I'm running happy out of time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Sadie. What do you want
1: to ask? Well, I'm just looking at the time. <laughs> um, well, at least ten, 10 minutes of that's
0: getting cut out anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Any other favorite teachers?
0: I think
2: Mr. Kinek, who was my mm-hmm. freshman bio teacher, I um, like. He yeah. was so fun. Just, like, so fun, so funny, really introduced me to the, like, biology can, it it can be very serious, but it can be really cool at the same time. So I think Mr. Connect, I mean, Gina Rakos, like, I will always hold her in a special place in my heart. But Gina Rakos, wonderful science teacher, taught me so, so much. I mean, we did, like, dissections in her class and learned so much. But I think, I truly think my favorite teacher I had in high school was Mrs. Linsky. I think she was the one who, like, taught me that reading and literature is not like a nerdy thing it's just like a part of our arts and culture and to appreciate that level of art and yeah i i think her class is probably my favorite other than that uh, yeah i think that's probably i mean my spanish classes were great (laughs) um do i remember any lick of spanish absolutely not (laughs) I remember them being fun but i think yeah i think my my bio classes and english classes were definitely definitely
0: i remember mr connect he's like one teacher that really stands out to me yeah he was was just
2: like so cool
0: yeah he was a lot
2: of fun he was very much like watching parks and rec i was like oh (laughs) he would have been on parks and rec (laughs) <laughs>
3: like yeah. Yeah.
2: It's like a Ron Swanson character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, with was all his like one. taxidermied animals in the classroom. Yeah, he was so yeah. good.
0: He, he made up. he made learning fun. He was a good yeah. teacher. He Really, really did. Yeah. All right, what? Where else are we going here? <laughs> uh... <laughs> we, we're hopping around. Slowly pretty heavy.
1: <laughs> How about just? Any rumors? You have to ask Mike's question.
2: Any rumors?
1: Have you heard any about yourself? Have you heard any? Do you, do you or, remember? well any? do you remember?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> most people don't. That's okay.
2: <laughs> I can't think of any I think like the most like salacious thing that I was involved with was when Kaylin was on Teen Mom. Do you remember that? Kaylin White was on team mom. And I was like, at that time, I had gone to like a couple of sleepovers with her and like kind of knew her pretty well. And I remember during that whole time of her life that Principal Davis was like, I will not allow like a camera crew to come through the high school. I will not allow like that to be, I I don't know how he said it like supported i guess which in retrospect i think is a interesting take on that situation so to this day like i like know her okay but otherwise rumor no i don't think any i don't know what people talk about about me i mean maybe there's terrible stuff i have no idea Sadie, do you know anything
0: No, <laughs> it's all right. No. If anyone asks me if I remember any rumors, I don't remember any either.
2: <laughs> yeah, I really can't. I can't. Even, no, like my brain did not hold that stuff at all. No. Yeah.
1: All right. Do you want to just go any any regret from high school, hmm. and then we'll go into our big one?
2: Oh gosh, it's the like
3: big, a big, one
1: big one that everyone just says the same thing for. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: Uh, regrets for high school. I think, so I had alluded to earlier, you know, my dad was really, really sick throughout all of my high school career. So I I truly did not have the flexibility or freedom to go to football games or go to parties or any of that thing. Because how my life really worked during high school is... I went to school during the day and I came home and took care of my dad at night. And so I never, like Sadie and I are really close, but Sadie, you've never been to my house. Like you, like I never had people over. I really couldn't have people over. And so I think a thing that if I could change, which would change my entire life path would be that my dad was healthy. And that I could have people over and yeah. I could have those experiences in high school of going to parties and going to dances and those types of things that were more traditional. But I found my way and, you know, found the people that, you know, lined up with what I could make do. So that yeah, I I, I guess that's what I would change. What was the second half? What would I change? Oh,
1: that—that that was really it. Yeah, okay.
0: Or, okay. yeah. Just any regrets?
2: Yeah. So it's not even like a regret. It's just that was my circumstance at the time, yeah. and it—it, it, you know, I have—I've been in therapy for years, so I never look back on that time thinking negatively. It was just what my life was dealt at that point, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, it definitely shaped who I was as a person and a student and classmate
0: and
1: everything. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. And yeah, well we're gonna ha we're gonna have a high school party for adults. Okay, mm. great. Looking
2: forward
3: we're
1: to it. We're gonna make that. it happen <laughs> eventually somehow. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> somehow.
0: <laughs> we still need someone to offer up a house yeah <laughs>
2: my house is too small otherwise i would say we could all come here but it's way too small for
0: yeah. <laughs> we just break in my childhood home kick the people that live there out
1: okay perfect <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah all right now we can go to
2: the heavy hitter the big question
1: Are there any apologies you'd like to make or sins you would like to reveal?
2: Ooh. Wow, that is a big question. I don't think I have any sins to reveal. I wasn't sinful until college and grad school. Hell yeah. Apologies? I think. I don't know. Sadie, I'm not gonna try cry or anything, but I I wish that I had made more time to get to know you and other members of our English class, because that was like my group, that was the people that were most important to me, and I'm I'm sad that I've lost a lot of those connections. You know, I don't talk.
1: To I them. think. I think we gotta do that reunion.
2: I, I do I do too. I do too. But um I yeah, so With
1: I
0: think I,
2: I wish I had maintained those bonds, but also I don't know, you know, what you were experiencing or thinking during high school that maybe I could have in some way
1: We'll talk off
2: there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i think that's uh that's a thing for me is that you know you know i love you very very much and i hate to think that you may have been struggling or didn't feel accepted and maybe i didn't convey that i would have been that way but i i am now and you are one you are a very important person in my life. And
1: Hell yeah. I love you too, my friend. I love you, my gal. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and so I think that's a that's a big regret for me is just not being as open and receptive and not as aware of what other people were going through. And I was very stuck in the like cisgendered hetero like trap. Yeah. And didn't recognize that other people might be experiencing other things and might need more support and i'm glad that you and i have maintained a connection and
1: oh yeah
2: you know you're stuck with me forever (laughs) (laughs)
1: like
2: i'll give you a kidney if you need one (laughs) (laughs) It's because of that fucking terrible twenty-page paper we had to write that what? one time ten years ago. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's that's my biggest regret is just not having the emotional intelligence to know what other people were experiencing or could be experiencing. Like my my lens was so so white cisgendered heteronormative like I my perspective was the worst perspective it was like my dad is sick and I was like yeah that's a bad thing like that's not great but like other people were going through shit and I wish I wish we had had a a platform in some way so when I was in grad school we had something called a processing group where and so you may have had this too, like every now and then you just had this space where it was like you and your coworkers could just talk about shit and just be. And like, yeah, Hey, we are here. to. Yeah. When
1: I was a supervisor, I really loved like having meetings and mostly like it just being that.
2: Yeah. And I think, I think that could be something that's worthwhile for teenagers. Like, you know you don't want to force kids to do anything but just an opportunity to like for kids who don't have parents who are super supportive or access to mental health services like outside of their home or their school just like the safe space to be like yeah this shit sucks i have to write a 25 page paper about c.s lewis (laughs) it's like aaron
0: rand (laughs) <laughs> or I
2: can yeah. like figure out how to tie them together. Yeah. So I think we have a long way to go. But um, I mean, I'm, T.D., I've told you this a million times before. I'm so grateful mm. that, like, you and I, our paths crossed when they did. And you have taught me so much. And
0: I'm
2: not going to cry. We're not going to cry. We're not going to do it. <laughs>
0: Shout out.
2: Yeah. But, you know, you're a very, very important person, a very special person. And you've taught me so much. And, you know, I'm so glad the two of you are doing this to give us all a platform to talk (laughs) about what we're doing in a safe space and reflect on where we came from. because. Nazareth
3: is a weird place. <laughs> For
0: yeah. real, it You're is. So it's funny. a nice, nice little bubble.
3: Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It, it's Goodbye. it's
1: been a, it's been a safe space. <laughs> now so every now every time, like I'm gonna I'm gonna be like Rebecca, I have no friends. She's gonna be like, all right, turn to your podcast at this time and listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> You fucking bitch. (laughs) That's how Rebecca talks. I'm still wondering every sentence with you fucking bitch. (laughs) I'm wondering if we're gonna get anyone
0: that uh, we argue with on here. (laughs) Because it it really has been like a nice open, safe area to talk. Nobody has been like uh, combative so far. (laughs) I yeah. I'm wondering if we're gonna get anyone.
1: Come on the show. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, Fight we'll our...
2: with us.
0: yeah. <laughs> Can make it shit show SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. Uh,
2: well, I think it's great what you guys are doing and I love hearing what people are up to and it's just it's really nice especially because we're all from such similar areas and mm-hmm. You know, I'm from Jersey, but I came to Nazareth, and we all came from this, like, very homogeneous population. Mm-hmm. We're all doing such different things, and we have pulled such different values and different things that we don't want to value from yeah. this this next chapter of our lives. So I think it's it's really cool to hear what people are up to and... It done, like renews my it, it renews my faith in the humankind. <laughs> like they like this stuff. You know, Alex like, oh. like, like, you know, France is out there selling a bunch of sugar, but we need that, <laughs> like, we need that ketchup. We need that ketchup to tomato ratio.
0: <laughs> it's not ketchup. It's only twenty one percent tomato oh my god I, I, and then
2: whatever the hell the rest of it is
0: yeah it's the rest of it's just sugar that's all it is
1: <laughs> all right well thank you i don't even know how to comprehend all those words uh but i really appreciate them and thanks for coming on
3: absolutely oh, do you have thanks for being my
1: pal and yeah do you have any questions for us
2: yeah. um I think so. You
1: don't. You don't have to have any. I
2: know. I feel You're like on a job yeah. interview now. Like what yeah. are? <laughs> <your job laughs> like, uh, no, I just hope that you guys keep doing this, and
0: I, <laughs> we hope so too. Yeah, I mean, as I long know, as people want to come on.
2: I know that I have a couple of people in the back of my brain. Like I'm gonna talk to Andrew and a couple other people to to come on and. I think it's really important and fun. Like it's just nice. Oh yeah. To reflect on that.
3: Yeah,
1: everyone's like, "Oh, uh, no one wants like no one wants to hear from me," and like whether or not that's true, it's like it's less true than you think it is. I can promise you that. And also, like it's just I fucking hear. fun. Every everyone <laughs> like every like everyone who comes on, are like, "Did you have a good time?" They're like, "Yes, that was fun." And like, no,
2: I told you, Sadie, I was like, "I'm so nervous, but I think I should sign up." And you were like, "No, just do it. Like it's gonna be really fun." And it's been like two yeah. hours. I'm like, "This is the best yeah. day of my night of the week. <laughs> like it's just yeah. been like so fun. Just like catch up and like do something." Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I really, yeah. yeah. It's a it's a great project. Uh, I think we're, I think it's gonna be more of the every other week schedule then yeah. that okay. we initially pitched. Yeah. Um, well, anyway. it
0: it all depends on people that want to come on it's like yep. a, a, we had a bunch like at first and now it's kind of dwindling down and we're like kind of having to go after people a little bit <laughs> it's oh like, yeah but if you even if you don't think people want to hear from you it's like well if anything at least the two of us mm-hmm. want to hear from you yeah or at least yep. the three of us now like people want to hear
2: no i like like mike you and i like did not talk in high school but it was like nope. Like I knew of
3: you.
0: Obviously.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> but like yeah. we just spent like two hours just like chatting. And yeah,
0: it's it's just yeah. having fun and talking about high school. Maybe. Watch Sadie melt into the <laughs> Yeah, bed. and watching Sadie get super stoked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think I can't remember the last thing we said before we talked about stuff we're gonna edit out um
2: but okay, let's do a wrap up do a wrap
1: up yeah come on the show uh, come on the show that's what we were talking about yes um, you know where to hit us up already if you found this you already know yeah yeah really? right. <laughs> I think thanks I think for that's... coming on yeah thank you emily for uh
2: absolutely for on and- all right and thanks for
1: stick me. around after the show for a sec yeah yep. i will um <laughs> all right thank you
3: yeah thank you. until oh, next time i haven't
1: said this in a long long fucking time exo exo gossip Girl. <laughs>